Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Main Green Nation podcast. Welcome to it. Another another week of basketball has passed, and uh, well, you know, I got I got good things to tell you, and those good things are the North Texas won both games. Now, if you're one of them people that cares about aesthetics, you know, you're like, well, I want them to make fifty seven percent of their shots, and I need them to make, uh, you know, like uh, hold the other team to to forty one percent shooting every time, or else. Well, you know, it didn't work out that way. But nobody cares, right? I mean, the long <laughs> and the long story of the season. Nobody's gonna say, "Ah, oh, well, you know, he kind of struggled there in the early, late first half, you know, against UTSA." I mean, maybe nerds will care, you know, stat nerds, bracketologists, and whatever like that. But North Texas is not gonna make the tournament that away anyway. So I wouldn't really worry too much about it. With me, as usual, Mr. Greg. Looking real spiffy. He's wearing a top hat or something. Uh, I guess he's getting ready to go to work or something. I don't know what's going on. Greg, how you doing? I'm in this? the office today, baby. I'm I'm doing good. It's I'm a, in the office today. It's an overcast Sunday over here in uh, at Mean Green Nation HQ. How about yourself? How's it going? They're down. It is <clears throat> raining. Possible severe weather. Some flooding today. Got it all. It was a busy week this past week. Um, you know, we had a couple tornado warnings. Luckily, no touchdowns here in Katy, but uh, down to our south, man, Deer Park, that area, Pasadena, Pearland, I got hit pretty hard. Yeah, I guess uh, just like the Cowboys offense, huh? no touchdowns. What are you going to do? All right, mm. so, <laughs> um, all right, so, I mean, what do you think of my assessment of uh, UTSA, uh, UTSA, North Texas versus UTSA and UTEP this week? Um, look, I mean, if people don't know by now, our brand is ugly basketball, right? Yeah. It's beautifully ugly, like for us, like you, you just, you have to, you have to embrace what we are and what this program is, right? It can be pretty at times offensively, but like everything that we do makes games ugly. We're going to slow down the tempo. We're going to grind you out on defense. You're not going to get easy shots. And I think that probably affects our offense some. But, I mean, we won those games in ways that we normally win games. So, I think for me, I think maybe you too, right? Because you watch a lot of basketball. You're a big basketball guy. Is that I don't know what beautiful basketball looks like to everybody. I don't know that there's a one standard. Because, like, you know, I can see some beauty in a low-scoring defensive first game because um, like North Texas plays you know they can get kind of junked up on offense but everybody can like even that 2014 San Antonio Spurs squad they can kind of get messed up sometimes the Golden State Warriors you know they won four titles whatever it is they get messed up sometimes Steph Curry starts over dribbling throws the ball to the other team like, that's ugly basketball that happens it's people playing so yeah it happens um, you know like I appreciate what North Texas is trying to do they play very good defense. That's number one. Like 
I find I see the beauty in the way that they go close down shooters. The way they go up to a guy without fouling. He's in the paint, hands up, uh, two hands up. You know, getting in uh, all the little things. I see them doing it, and I think that is attractive basketball. Um, you know, because I got tickets over to the to the local basketball team, and they're more of an offensive first kind of squad. And you know, whatever, it's fine. But when they don't do little things on defense, I feel like I'm like, hey, block <laughs> out, man, C- close them out. You lost your man. You know, he made two cuts, and then on the second cut, you're like, well, that's too many cuts for me to defend. I can't be doing that. Uh, so that b- that bothers me, and I think that's ugly basketball. You know, I, I hear my high school coach yelling at me in the back of my head too. So little things like that, like I find those, I find it good to to see North Texas play good defense. And I thought, like, watching UTEP and North Texas play and defend and jumping into passing lanes and be aggressive, that was entertaining, just, you know, from a different kind of way. Um, I didn't find that. I thought North Texas played a little bit more ugly against UTSA because UTSA sucks. But <laughs> that was a little bit different. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I could agree with that. I mean, because there was just a rash of turnovers, right? You know, UTSA is not, you said they suck. <laughs> Their defense sucks. And we were making them look good. I mean, we made yeah. them, we made them be a part of the game that they shouldn't have been in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You look at the box score. The box score doesn't really tell you too much against UTSA. It's like, yeah, you're like, well, they controlled the game. You know, they handled it the whole time. They didn't really, but if you watched it, you're like, you know, they, yeah, they scored, but it looks like they were not going to score for a little bit. And then you're like, oh, they Tyler Perry kind of bailed them out, hit a three pointer into my face again. Um, in that game, North Texas shot six of fourteen from three. Tyler Perry five of eight uh, from distance. Um, you know, it, it was it was pretty ugly. Um, and then you know against UTEP, uh, North Texas shot four fifteen from three, which is not good. But TP had was two of five. Kai Huntsbury two of four, including a big one late. Um, you know, I I don't really make too much of these two games. Uh, like I said, UTSA is the second time I played UTSA. It's that Thursday game. I think those have the potential. They can just go either way, right? It's like you haven't played since Saturday, the day previous. And especially if you're at home, I think sometimes it kind of messes you up because you're just kind of easing into it. And then you're not really ready to play. And um, it can kind of catch it depending on what's going on that week. Uh, other times you're like, well, Thursday I'll meet you to play and everybody's sharp, right? It really depends on what you need. Sometimes North Texas come out on Thursday games and just smack teams in the mouth. And other times they've come out little, uh, looking like they need a little basketball practice. Um, I saw the Saturday game. I like to say the uh, um, Musa Sasuku game. That's You play Saturdays. So <laughs> <it is. laughs> probably, hey, Mom, come come on. It's Saturday. You know I'm going to be playing. Uh, so he got 16 minutes in that game, three points, one-on-one. He was one of three from from uh from the free throw line, three rebounds. That's big, and he fouled somebody two times. It's making it make it an effort. <laughs> hey, get over here! Wow, it's foul. <laughs> like I, I thought, yeah. I mean, look, he outscored Usman, and, and we can maybe get into Usman later. But you know, he he played really well. Yeah, I I, I mentioned to somebody that I think for Sissoko, he plays really good defensively at times. Like he's probably better than Usman at moving his feet and closing down driving lanes. Like he, you could see there were, there was times when Sissoko was in the game and UTEP was trying to, to get to the basket and, and our defense was like, it was really connected. Like you were talking about the beauty of watching North Texas close out shooters move 
switch, all that stuff. There was times, like I saw when Sissoka was in there, like we were defending like at an extremely high intense level. But then the parts of his game where he's not great at yet, offensively, you know, he's rough around the edges there. And then <clears throat> rebounding, like, you know, it's it's an art skill to be able to track the ball and to know where it's going to come off. And I think Usman's really good at that. And I think Sissoko needs some work because he was missing some boards that he he should have been able to grab, but he wasn't kind of in the right spot. So, again, it's great to have him get minutes in games like, you know, UAB last week, UTEP this week. He's not really a matchup that you, you, you know, I know people wanted to see him play against UTSA, but he really wasn't. You can't have him guard Jacob Germany, right? Because Germany is just going to school him. Yeah, uh, Germany can step out and shoot it, and um, yeah, you, you don't you don't really want all that. Um, I'm sorry, I'm trying to I'm trying to look up something. So it's what nine fouls for for uh, Abu Usman in two games. He had four versus UTEP, and he had five versus UTSA. Um, I mean. I mean, I don't know what it is. Uh, I think he's he's been struggling a little bit. I think the foul thing, I don't mind um, fouls in the paint. Like, he's battling for rebounds or stuff like that. You don't want cheap fouls. I don't really want Abu Usman going for steals. I think, <laughs> you. I mean, that's not really your value there. You're not that quick. You know what I mean? Um, just keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Be big. And then that's it. Let the other guys, let Ty, Tyler Perry get in there and try for a steal. Let um, everybody else try for a steal. You get big, be big, and don't foul, right? Like, be vertical. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the majority of his fouls the past couple of weeks are him not being vertical, right? He's trying to get the block shots by standing tall, then he's bringing his arms down, he's breaking mm-hmm. that so-called plane that the referees have, and that's where he's getting a foul. I mean, like, his first foul yesterday <clears> – <throat> He whacked crap out of the guy. And then he was like, oh, no, 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 I didn't do that. No, no. I mean, he got his buddy's word. But then, you know, right away in the second half, you know, he breaks that plane, brings his arms down, hits the guy, boom, third foul. Now you're on the bench, and you're not helping the team. And he is a, a, a big, important part of the team, and he can't be playing, like, the way that he's been playing inconsistently. He's had, uh, was it 9, 10, 11, 12 fouls in the last three games and three blocks. So – if if that were a little bit more like the uh, you know Jamarian Sharp where he was averaging four or five blocks a game, I'm like ah well you know he's changing the game in there. But you're not you're not changing the game and you're getting nine fouls in only two blocks. Mm-hmm. The the juice is not worth the squeeze. Um, you know you're gonna get a block if you just stay big, and you can just get a little tap block and that's fine. That's it, it, it's better on a highlight reel to get a block. It's much more effective for the team. If you're out there and you're just being big, you know, uh, I think, you know, that's, that's number one. If like if you're a big out there and you're like, how can I just be big, be big. It's hard to shoot over a big with your hands straight up. Um, you know, if you if you don't have springy legs and you're not just flying up there and have a du- quick double jump, you're not going to get a whole lot of those kinds of blocks. And instead, you're just going to get a lot of fouls. Right. Um, and it's the thing, you know, with them, he, he's always getting. I think I'm looking at the <laughs> four and five fouls. There's like seven, eight, nine, ten of them, you know, in the last year or two. Uh, it's got to change um, or else North Texas is not really going to do too much. Or 
maybe a, a positive way, is Sissoku's going to take his minutes. And he did this time. He had 16. Abu had 12. Um, now, yeah, I mean, there's, but then, th- there's like, things for <clears throat> Sissoku to work on and, and, and this, that, and the other. But, yeah. You can live with some Sissoko minutes. Like, he can buy you some time. But, like, where, where the, the hurt comes in from Usman not being on the floor is offensively. He's such a huge part to what they do because he creates those paid touches. He creates the double teams. Although, why would you double team him now if you're an opposing coach? Because he's kind of struggling. But, I mean, those are the things that he's capable of doing. He provides us a scoring threat in the low post and allows us to space the floor. If you don't have him out there, you can you don't have to guard Sissoko in the post. You can sag off of him. He's not going to... He hasn't showed that capability where he's going to really hurt you as an offensive player. So, and we don't have that other, like, you know, you had Thomas Bell before where he could be that secondary scoring threat in the post or primary. You don't have that. You, you know, you have Aaron Scott, who's more of a jump shooter, gets rebounds, puts it back. You know, Jaden Martinez is more of a pick and pop guy. He's not really going to back people down, although he's tried it at times, but that's not really a strong point. So, we don't have anybody else that's going to score in the paint like Usman. Yeah, I always find it strange nowadays um, when teams are, are doubling anybody in the post that's not averaging twenty points a game. Like I mean, like it, I could see trying to double um, what was his name, Junior Lofton last year for Louisiana Tech because not only would he score, he would get you in foul trouble, right? Like, and so you're like, let's get two yeah. guys and get the ball <clears> out of his hands. Because he's just too much. He's too much to handle in there, and he has just a, a, a more of an effect on his on your team than than just scoring off a bucket or two. But like say DeAndre Dishman over there at Middle Tennessee, I don't. know. We're not gonna. Let's not double that dude. Like he he can score, <laughs> but he's kind of streaky. He's not gonna dominate your team. He'll get eight points, and you're like, okay, just guard him straight up, get the rebound, let's move on, right? We don't need to change our defense for DeAndre Dishman. Um, and and I can't really think of anybody in this league. Where you're like, oh, this guy deserves a double because otherwise he's gonna get forty. You know, it's not it's not gonna happen if they're not gonna get twenty to forty points like like every time. I don't know why you're changing your defense. So it, and that includes Abu Usman, who I think is very good. Um, you know, for Conference USA level, I like his game. I'm a big fan. Um, and you know, we have these criticisms because we watch all of the minutes that he plays. <laughs> if you play in twelve minutes, we're watching all twelve and we're talking about him. So you know, it comes from a a good spot, you know, just in case people like complaining. Yeah, but, I, I will say, like, I'll hit back on you with the double yeah. teams. I think the coaches are doing the double teams because they may see that those guys aren't great passers, right? Mm. So maybe they're trying to draw some, you know, drop a steal here or there. So yeah. I, I could see that, but I understand what you're saying too. Like, you know, there we do have a lot of good centers in Conference USA, fielder, but you can't really double fielder because he's such a great passer. Yeah. You can't really double a guy like Golden either because he's also a good passer. Um, Khalifa, same way. Um, so I, I understand what you're saying, but I think there's some, you know, some benefit to doubling some of these guys at times. Yeah, I, I was going to get to that point uh, in a, uh, a little bit. He had seven turnovers, Abu Usman versus UTSA, and I think that's kind of where they're trying to get him out of it um they like mac talked about how like the the right way to pass he had three turnovers versus uh uh western and you know mac was complaining about the way he's passing probably could have had more and some of those passes out of the double team were not so good and i think you know 
you're right. It's, you trap a bad ball handler right now because he can get, score 20, but you think he can get the ball. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that's risky. And I think there's a lot of times when he's kicking a ball out and he's hitting them, and guys are getting open shots, and, and uh, I, I I wouldn't do it. Maybe that's just the kind of coach I would be. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we're not doubling anybody, man. You're gonna do, we're going to deal him up. We're not going to bail him out, you know. <laughs> he's going to have to get points. And we're going to, when he misses, I want my best trash talker to talk some mess to him. Be like, yeah, we'll let him do that all day. You know, just keep yelling Brick City at him or something like that. Yeah. Hurt his confidence. That's the kind of coach I would be if teams would hate us. Anyway. Yeah, um, <laughs> because, I mean, Usman's that guy that he will take that, right? He will take, he, you can't really, he's the one guy that's going to fight everybody on the team, right? He doesn't <laughs> see, like, I mean, like, he seems like a very happy individual. Like, I'm yeah. sure he's a great kid and everything, but, yeah. like, the dude will, he will go down fighting for his teammates yeah. and himself. Yeah. Um, all right. So, two wins. Uh, they got Texas two step. I forget how they're advertising it. Uh, decent crowds. I thought there was like 4,000 versus UTEP. That's not bad. Um, and I don't know what the attendance for the UTSA game was. Good student but attendance. But they had 1,200. Yeah, they yeah. had 1,200 students for UTSA. Yeah, that was good. Like a lot of that. Uh, next up is a week off. And you play Saturday Fine. at Rice. Finally. Finally get some time off, right? Give yeah. Tyler Perry some time to heal. <laughs> Uh, I mean, again, I think there's a little bit there where you're like, well, he's going to take this edge off. He's been balling out, right? He's at what? I forget his last few games. Uh, but right now, he's shooting uh, 46% from three, which is ridiculous. And then uh, I think from two, it's like 43%. He's just almost, I think they, there was a stat, uh, 45, 45, 45 or something like that. Um, and anyway, he, he's balling out right now. His uh, offensive rating, according to Ken Palm, 124.4, which is 66th in the country. Uh, he's, he's our best player, and he's playing like our best player. So I know there was some question about that. Can he do it? I think he's answered that. Can he do it in the, in the postseason? That's the, you know, that's the big challenge for any best player. There's a different, different level of criticism reserved to them. It's a special area. If you're not critic, if people don't look at you and say, "Well, you didn't do it when it mattered in the playoffs or in the conference tournament," yeah, it's a criticism, but it's also reserved for only the best players, right? Nobody's saying that about Matt Stone. You know what I mean? Like Matt Stone, everybody loves <laughs> Matt Stone, but we're not like, "Man, can Matt Stone do it? Will he be able to carry North?" <laughs> Nobody's saying that about him. And you know, <laughs> if you're good enough, you get a different level of criticism where people are like, "What? Oh, he didn't carry him. He only scored thirty points, but they lost." You know, that's. It's only if you're good if they talk to you. talk about you that way. I mean, he's probably the front runner for Conference USA Player of the Year right now. I, I don't. I, I think with Jelly Walker's injury, it's opened the door for Tyler Perry to take that step in. And there really hasn't been. I mean, you have John L. Davis down at, at FAU, um, but I think like he's going to be that Sixth Man of the Year award winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, it's like okay, so you're looking at the. You know, Ken Palm has the top five players in Conference USA, and number two is Kobe Williams at Louisiana Tech. Well, I mean, he's not winning Conference USA Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Louisiana Tech isn't great. You have Jordan Walker at, you know, Jelly Walker at UAB, and maybe he'll he'll get back, you know, this week and have a strong closeout, but I still don't think that that's enough to close the gap with Tyler Perry. McKnight at Western Kentucky, we can, I mean, Western Kentucky, 
They're mm-hmm. a bottom two team. Mm-hmm. And then Khalifa at Charlotte. There, there's no one player in Conference USA that means more to their team than Tyler Perry does to North Texas. I agree. Right? So you, you, you could say it both ways. He's the most important person, and he's the most valuable player in this league. Yeah, UAB went what three and two without, uh, without, you know, their their guy, and um, they did lose their last three with him on the court too, right? I think the one thing if you're you know criticizing you know Tyler Perry is that he doesn't score at the same level. A lot of people still like old school stats, you know, and they're like, how many points did he score? And it's you know it's fine because points is how you nobody says well. Uh, efficient shooting percentage. That's whoever has a bet more efficient shooting percentage wins the game. It's the more, most points. So if you have a point getter, that matters. Um, I think uh, Jelly's still averaging the most points in the in the nation or like top four or something like that. Uh, but you look at his stat line, right? Last five games he played, twenty eight five. I think he got out early in that game. Um, twenty one thirty one twenty five twenty five. He had four straight games he scored twenty five points. Uh, Tyler Perry. Very good. He plays in a lower, a slower system, where we're not putting up a lot of shots, but he's taking all the shots for the, you know, the team to, <laughs> to shoot. Uh, 18, 21, 10, 18, 17, 18, 21. You know, like it's it looks lower if you're just looking at that number. Like this guy's scoring twenty five to thirty, and you're scoring eighteen to twenty. Uh, you know, but they're huge. They're big twenty point games. Um, and you know, like he he only scored the ten at UAB. Um, you know, whatever. I think Tyler Perry is clearly conference player of the year for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, he, like you said, he's the best player on the second best team. And I think that's big. And, you know, like FAU plays a a different kind of ball where they spread the wealth and, you know, that that's helped them. Like John L. Davis is doing the scoring, but that dude just kind of came out of nowhere. He doesn't have the same kind of usage rate. He's, he really gets the ball after a few ball movement things and then attacks and then scores. It's it's kind of crazy. But he is balling out. He's, you know, he's shooting 45% from three. Um, but, you know, uh, no, yeah. no, no knock There's on some... him. He's doing, he's doing well for his team in the role that his team asks, him, asks of him. Those high-level stats, the on-off splits yeah. uh, for Tyler Perry, positive plus 24. Jelly Walker was like a, a negative 0. 0.8. <laughs> Well, there you go. Um, yeah, so we we mentioned this this uh, this week coming up before, right? So we we talked about UAB being a big game, and then we, after that game, right, we won that game. I was like, this is going to be kind of tough, UTSA, UTEP, because UTSA, uh, you know, they suck, <laughs> and I, I think it's always hard to play a team that's terrible, and then you go play a team that's pretty good at one aspect. It's going to throw you off. I thought. All things considered, right? You know, like Usman didn't play well in two games. It's fine. Yeah, it happens. Um, there are things to learn from that, the ways to get better. Um, I like that I saw more Ruben Jones. And this might be just me. Uh, I saw more Ruben Jones bring the ball up and initiating the offense just here and there. And I thought that was good. Just a little mix it up. Uh, obviously, the coaches listen to the show and look, listen to this show for insights where they get their primary <laughs> basketball, uh, you know, drink and refreshment. Um Good stuff there, right? We want to continue that. Uh, I think UTEP is going to be more of a threat in the conference tournament than will UTSA. So I'm not super worried about that UTSA game. I thought that was a little bit UTSA playing better than, than they're able, a little bit North Texas uh, being a little bit in the funk, and, you know, some preparation mixed in. Like, you know, 
their coach, UTSA's coach, was he used to be a good coach. I don't know, Steve Henson, but <laughs> they've been terrible. He hasn't really found the recruiting thing ever since he lost those two guys, and just his whole offense was like, y'all go shoot, and everybody else just pass him the ball, and that'll be it. Once he kind of got messed up off of that, they've been very, it's been very difficult. Which is weird. I mean, I, I don't want to get too deep into UTSA, but I mean, he's a Lon Kruger disciple who's one of the best offensive coaches in college basketball history for designing stuff. And right, so maybe he fell into that victim of I don't have to design stuff because I have <laughs> two of the best offensive players in the league. But I mean, it'll be interesting. I, I you know, UTSA's probably got to move on from him but do they have the money to move on from him or are they just paying trailer and all of his players and stuff? <laughs> i think i think i mean it, it does matter for utsa like in relation to us because they they're associated with north texas right in the basketball sense um and you want them to be good enough to 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 raise your profile uh but i mean you don't want them to be so good that you're like oh well now they're winning the conference titles and we're not um, but yeah, they, they, they need a lot of stuff. They need facilities, they need a new arena, they need investment, they need people to care about basketball. Nobody cares about basketball over there. Um, so just one last thing. If you were UTSA, would you hire Chris Beer? I don't think you can. Uh, but I'll tell you, um, I mean, he'd kind of fit in right with San Antonio, um, <laughs> in a lot of ways. I grew up there. I'm from there, so I could say that. Um, I mean, no, I don't, I don't. I think they do needs about five years off before anybody takes a look at him. And I mean, because you know that the, you don't want the guy being up there at the face of your program with that hanging over him, or even that fresh. It just it doesn't work. I mean, it's the perfect place to go because they don't have a program. So <laughs> like, like yeah. he can just kind of disappear and. You know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm sorry. Sorry. No. <laughs> yeah, you could, but then. The the idea is that he's gonna build them up, right? And so then he starts building them up, and they're like, "What did you do? You, you little deal with the devil here?" And so you gotta clean up his his image a little bit. And some of that's yeah. also I don't know that he can get a job there because he's a University of Texas employee, right? He got fired by University of Texas uh, system, right? I don't know that would work. Yeah, but all that aside, UTSA, I, I'm not too worried about them. Uh, you got to take them sort of seriously because they're a program. They can score. And they can win. They have college basketball players. They have people on scholarship too. Um, but you know, just overall, they're they're pretty bad. UTEP, I'm a little worried about them. They played good defense, right? But Dortex did a good job shutting down their their very weak offense very well. Next up, Rice. Rice put a hurting on us. Stole some shine. We got to go down there and do that. And I think you're going to be at that game, right? That is correct, family. Everybody, we're going to be at the game. It's going to be interesting. Can we beat a team with an owl and their logo? Right. That's, <laughs> so that's far, zero and three. <laughs> and and two, how do we defend Max Fielder? You know, I watched a, a large portion of the UAB Rice game yesterday, and and UAB was playing with with only nine guys. They had, they had nine scholarship players. They didn't have Jelly Walker. They left behind their second best post guy, John L. Davis. They left behind one of the Brewer guys, right? So everybody was thinking, you know, Rice is playing well. They're at home. UAB's down. And UAB just beat the crap out of them. Like yeah. straight out of the gate, beat the crap out of them. And so one of the things like I was particularly um, interested in watching was how they defended Fielder. And like they just put Jemison just straight up on him. They didn't give him any passing lanes. 
Hmm. Um, and Fielder did not play well against them. And of course, some guys missed some shots that probably they would have made a few more, but not enough to be a difference in the game. Uh, so, and the other thing was like buffing for UAB. Like he was huge in that game because Rice plays four guards. Uh, their 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 fourth man Sheffield is more of a guard um, than a. I guess you could say he's like a combo wing type of player. Yeah. Uh, but he's still like in the sense he's a guard, right? He's not a guy that's going to bang in the post. And Buffin is a post player, uh, and he hurt Rice. And so I was thinking back. I was like, you know, that's 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 Tony, that's T Bell, that's Thomas Bell right yeah. there. Like they they didn't. Rice didn't have a guy to bang with him in the pain. He was able to go up against Sheffield stuff, get whatever he wanted. North Texas doesn't have that. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the game plan is, if, if, if they change anything or if they just say, look, if, if we eliminate the turnovers, you know, we're still good enough to beat Rice playing the way that we want to play. Yeah, I think that we talked about that last year. One reason why North Texas – blew out Rice in both three all three times right was because of Thomas Bell's play cuz he brought a level of versatility you could put Thomas Bell on Max Fiedler and then he kind of just disrupted his life uh just really changed a lot of what they did they didn't really match up with North Texas this year i think they did you know we we talked about um North Texas ability to defend on the perimeter and how we don't have that guy right now i mean Ruben Jones can can do it he he has locked down some very good guards. I think in the conference tournament last year, he did a great job against Kobe Williams. Um, you know, he made him work. But North Texas had two guys, right? We had J.J. Murray last year saying, go lock him down. That's your whole job. And he did a lot of that. Don't really have that guy anymore. You know, you have guys who can do it in spots, but not necessarily that can say, this is going to be my job, and I'm going to be great at this. Um, and, you know, whatever. It's just a change of philosophy. You only have five guys, right? Um, so you got Rice, and that's really the only game to talk about. We'll we'll talk a little bit about the next, uh, you know, the next schedule coming up: UAB, Charlotte, Louisiana Tech. That's that's big. Uh, UAB obviously at home, no team in that series in the last nine games has won at home, so that's a, a chance to right that wrong, I suppose. Ken Palm has has us winning that one. Charlotte is doing some stuff. You know, I, I'm not super high on them. Uh, Rice beat them. Did they did they beat them at Charlotte or was that in Houston? That was in Houston. They be yeah. Uh, and then Louisiana Tech, you know, we we talked about them. They uh they got to the foul line a lot. They drew a lot of fouls. North Texas won that game, but only just. Uh, that that game's in Ruston away. You can easy travel for that one, but it's a Thursday, so maybe you're not gonna want to do that, people. <laughs> Louisiana Tech, last three games have not broken 60 points. Yeah. 51 versus Middle Tennessee, 59 versus UAB. 50, uh, or no, I'm sorry, they they hit they hit 66 against UTSA last night. So, I'm sorry. Before that, they, they were sucking. They, they, their offense is just not that good. It's just, it you know, can we keep them off the foul line? Like you mentioned, they got the free throw line a bunch. And they're not normally a team that gets to the free throw line a bunch. That's one of the crazy things. But, I mean, we are a team that puts a crap ton of people on the free throw line. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. what, what like You look at their raw numbers. They're about the same squad, um, you know, in rankings and all this other stuff. But they just don't look like a good team anymore the way they did 
last year. And somebody that just, you know, well, you don't have Junior Lofton. I guess he looked very good, like a very good coach if you have a great player. Yeah, you know. Hey, guys, uh, we're going to give it to uh, Kobe Bryant on this play. What do y'all think? Uh, yeah, that's great. Good idea, coach. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so this coming up, I think Cam Palm has us winning everything until we go to Charlotte, uh, just in terms of, you know, advanced stats and stuff like that. My gut says we, we beat Rice, and we kind of write that wrong. I'm a little iffy on the UAB game. Sort of depends on what, what, what brand of basketball UAB is bringing. Um, they seemingly have a different roster every night and then, you know, varying levels of play within that roster. Uh, Charlotte, I, I know almost next to nothing about them. I haven't watched them a ton. Uh, I've seen little bits and pieces. I've seen some of their preseason stuff, uh, well, their non-conference stuff, uh, but I haven't really watched them very closely in conference play. So I don't have hot sports opinions about them just yet. Uh, Louisiana Tech, we've seen them. We go to El Paso for that UTEP game. And, you know, same thing about that one. It's, it's tough, right? You, you're you playing a team that's at home that can play good defense. I think that, that makes those uh, role-player guys, like all of a sudden the basket gets a little bigger, they get a little bit more confidence, and they feel good. Uh, and so maybe they don't score just 42 points, right? It's always kind of iffy there. And then finally, middle and then Western. Western's kind of fallen off a little bit. They were playing well, but then they just, you know, hit a wall. Um. Yeah, that they, wall was uh, <laughs> Rick Stansberry coming back. <laughs> they won three in a row, right? UTSA, UAB, and then FIU, and then they lost to FAU, right? And then they lost to Louisiana Tech in overtime, lost to Charlotte, lost to FIU again, and then they lost to FAU a second time. Um, it, it's uh, it's bad. They get UTSA again. UTSA is a pick me up. You losing on? You're on a losing streak. Go play UTSA. You'll be fine. Um, and then, you know, then that's it. They are they are struggling. I, I'm still concerned about them because they're talented, right? You know, you, you, Right. They, they might be the most talented roster in the league. Yeah. They, I mean, they might be. Well, Frampton, for Frampton's some reason, out, though. That, they, so that means. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, so you lose a three-point shooter, and that really, that does affect their offense. Like, But still, even without that, okay, so maybe they're – they're definitely a top four roster, even without Frampton in Conference USA. There's FAU's probably number one, UAB's probably number two. Um, you can make an argument like North Texas, Western Kentucky, uh, those, and then maybe Middle Tennessee, right? And then Rice, somewhere in there. Like I think those rosters are all like very similar. But then you start breaking it down even further, and it's like, well, North Texas rises to the top because they have the better coaching staff out mm -hmm. of all those. And then, you know, maybe, yeah, I mean, if you had to, if you had to take between Stansberry and Para at Rice, like, ooh, <laughs> who are you taking? Like, I, 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 I might take Para. I mean, because I have no faith in Stansberry. Well, and, if you're you recruiting, know, maybe Stansberry. If you're coaching, then yeah, maybe Scott Para. Okay, so I mean, Stansberry is a, a a slight tick above Tony Benford in the fact that he can get a little bit out of his guys that he recruits very well, but he still can't win anything. But I, I'm with you though. I mean, again, it is it's a dangerous team. It's a dangerous roster because you see it all like around the country, right? When you get in the conference tournament time, there's always one or two teams that end up winning a league like Conference USA that have no business winning it. And even some of the major leagues, like look at Georgetown a couple mm -hmm. of years ago where, you know, they get into the tournament 
with you know a crap record and but they made some noise too once they got in there so i mean there's there's that there's so much parody across college basketball yeah and some of the thinking is right like well we we you know we hit a rough patch going through the season and it was only that we we finally got some things right at the right time and that's why we were able to eventually get here and, and start playing the way we always knew we could play that's the idea anyway Um, sorry, my, my microphone's being weird. I had to move it around. Um, so th- that's the schedule, right? There's what, what, three, six, eight games left? Eight games in this one. It's, uh, we're getting down to it. I mean, I already booked my, my, um, my tickets, my flight and all that stuff down to Frisco. It's down for me. It's down. I'm in the Middle West, so it's down there in Frisco for me. Um, <laughs> I guess if you're there in Dallas, Fort Worth, it's over to Frisco or up to Frisco, but yeah, for me, down. Um, and uh, I think I'm gonna. It's what like 150 bucks. I think they they posted the whole deal for the whole week per person or something like that. Haven't had a chance to look. Yeah, I mean, I'm I don't I'm not trying to sell you tickets right now, people. But I'm just saying, if you wanted the the full pass or you have any questions about it, I've done it. I know a lot of people that listen to this show have done it. Um, and they have good things to say about it. So uh, it's a lot of basketball. You get it's not only the men's tournament; it's the women's tournament also. Uh, you get good, exciting basketball live in person in a pretty decent looking space, right? They always they always throw a little curveball at you, and whatever you think it was going to be configured up, you know, like hey, the band's going to be here. They switch it up on you at the last minute every year. Every year it's been that way. And they're like, yeah, we we're actually going to have the bands here. But then we couldn't because we didn't have ADA access. So now the vans have to be there, and it just whatever, whatever. So you'll at least be sitting in the stands. So if you know for a year, um, uh, like we've had in, in Conference USA, yeah, somebody somebody got a lightning strike over here. <laughs> Hopefully their house is okay. Um, Conference USA, number two in all the conferences in close game percentage. That would be four points or less or overtime, right? You know, number yeah. one is the Big 12. So, yeah. hey, go to Frisco. You're, I mean, you're, there's going to be a lot of close games because, I mean, outside of UTSA, everybody is kind of dangerous. FIU's finding their place. We've said some stuff about Western Kentucky. you said stuff about UTEP. Charlotte's better than they've been. Louisiana Tech, yeah, you know, but they still got good. There's, you know, Kobe Williams, like I mentioned before, is playing at a high level. There's still Crawford, right? And then there's everybody else. There's UAB, you know, what's what's Jelly? What are they like with Jelly Walker back and and actually playing defense? They've played defense the past two games, whereas before, like they had played no defense against North Texas. They played no defense against some of the other teams, and they they get FAU, I think, this week. Um, and a potential jelly return there. You get Rice, who's, you know, got an old roster, an old veteran roster, right? So they're, and then you got Middle Tennessee with all their length and athleticism. So I think it's going to be, I think, some really good basketball in Frisco and a lot of tight games coming down to the wire. Yeah, I know we're into January right now, but it's coming up. It's coming up quick. Like, next thing you know, it's going to be February. And then you're going to be like, you know what? I hadn't thought about going. Let me ask my wife. Um, uh, it's funny. So, like, I have to, uh, you know, I tell my wife about it. Like, we're we're going to go, this, that, and the other. And she, she has to do the booking. 
It's a joke about this, right? Because I was like, yeah, I, you know, I can do it. She's like, no, you're going to pick some stupid hotel. So I have to pick the hotel it's going to be. So I just tell her the <laughs> dates it's going to be. And she, at this point in our, our lives, we don't, she don't even ask me what hotel I want to stay in. Which I don't I don't know. And so there's a joke, you know, everybody's like, oh, my friends are like, oh, you don't even know. Your wife knows. She just does everything for you. It's because she doesn't tell me, you know. <laughs> she has hot sports <laughs> opinions about what hotel we're staying in. And I don't know until it's time to we land it. She's like, what do you need to know for? I know where we're going. And that's it. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And you know what? That's fine because I just, I just show up. It's fine. I don't, I don't really need to know. It's, it's like flipped in our household, like, because I'm the, the traveler. So I'm the one that has to book it. It's my thing. It's my hobby. So you find the hotel. You book the transportation. But you also better provide some entertainment for the children and myself. That's not necessarily basketball. Like I've got to get some out of it in this trip. I got to get mine. It's kind of her thing with the kids. Let me get mine <laughs> while you get your stuff. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. We we've tried to arrange some like childcare things happening. We're taking the kids, right? And they always have a good time, but they're kids, and there's only so much basketball they can watch. Like when we went on the mid south trip. Um. The the problem with it was that it's a lot of basketball and a lot of driving, and so like halfway through the game they're like, <laughs> you know, they they just can't take <laughs> it, and so you know I'm sitting up in the stands with them and say, hey, you sit down, quit doing that, don't lick the don't lick the chair, you know, and just stuff that you you find yourself saying as a parent, but it's like an overdrive, right? Like no, don't yell at that person, don't ask why they're old, you know, just stuff. You know? Uh, <laughs> so in this one we've arranged for uh, some child care. Um, there so that way it's going to be like my it's like my wife said she's like you know i don't love basketball like, but I, you know i'm there i might as well watch a little basketball game and kind of see what's happening you know she'll get into it a little bit so want to make sure that happens i got we got to pick the spots make sure you know um we're we're scheduling it right for uh maximum enjoyment by all parties <laughs> including the children including my wife and including myself right i don't want i don't want <laughs> i don't want to be like yeah it was a great it was a great game Wrote about it, uh, you know, covered the game, and then my wife hates me after, right? I don't want that to happen. That's an, not an ideal outcome. So, yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's also, here's the other thing, too. I, I try to meet up with other people I know, and this is this is an area of improvement in my life that I'm working on, right? It's because I'll meet up with them. And then they're like, you know, they're like, yeah, when you, some people take it very, like the, the tournament unseriously, right? They're like, yeah, I mean, you don't care about that game, right? And I'm like, I don't know, man, that's one versus two. Uh, has a lot of implications for the conference. I want to watch that game. I don't want to, you know, like it'd be cool to hang out, but make, can we do it before that or after that? You know, like they, they're very loose about <laughs> stuff. Or uh, I, I always tell the story, my, my friend who went to UTSA, I was like, well, I guess you're going to go to UTSA game. Right, I'll I'll meet up with you during the game, uh, because UTSA is bad, and um, this is back when Southern Miss was in this conference and Middle Tennessee was the team, and uh, so he was like, "Man, this is a great game." I was like, "I don't know, man. Like you, <laughs> UTEP is blowing them out or whatever it was. I don't know what you're talking about." And uh, like, where are you sitting anyway? And at the time, they had it where you could sit like the whole way around. I'm like, "I don't see you anywhere. There's nobody here." And he was like, "I'm right here. I'm like right by the thing. It's like." Two, five seconds left. It's a close game. I'm like, are you watching Middle Tennessee and Southern Miss? <laughs> and he's like, huh? <laughs> no, I mean, there's a team with like a bird and whatever. 
I was like, dude, Ooh, do you know <laughs> what the UTSA mascot looks like and what the colors are? Uh, and so I tell that story all the time, and uh, <laughs> he says he can't and go. That was, that, yeah, that was the Middle Tennessee loss to Southern Miss. Yeah. So, I mean, he thought Southern Miss was UTSA. He thought UTSA, like, had a fancy black uniform. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty bad. That's, <laughs> yeah. I don't no, let no, him forget it, and I tell him all that. I'm like, look, dude, I can't, I can't ever. It's gonna be a story I tell every year, just what it is. Um, but, but somebody yeah. that's not really invested in their university. <laughs> so I tell him, I was like, do you even know? Are you sure you went to UTSA? You should. Can you look at your diploma again, just to make sure? Um, anyway, so good times can be had. It just takes a lot of coordinating, and um, I mean, we'll we'll try to figure out what's going on when when um. Once we get there, then we're going to get there Tuesday. So maybe we'll be all set up and any of y'all are in the area, we can all meet up and uh, I'll buy y'all a drink or something. You know what I mean? Something, something fun like that. And are, are we about, we're, we're nearing the end of the show. It was only a two game week. Uh, do you have, I'll give you a chance to do some football talk. Do you have any hot sports opinions about football? Eric Morse is, uh, they're doing well on the recruiting trail. So <laughs> Has his staff, been at home at all <laughs> in the past like two three weeks like like every time you look on twitter like hey coach gary he's in houston he's in austin he's in waco he's <laughs> in east Texas. like every single one of their coaches is like just gone they're on the road like the recruiting budget i mean the hotels these these guys like look it's it's different than than south the trail they're putting in the work right and and you'd love to see that now and and maybe they're not getting the high potential guys that, you know, we would want to see, right. There's maybe some, um, maybe some under the radar guys. And I, I was talking about it with somebody. It was like, you know, I'm okay with under the radar guys. As long as like, maybe they, they were a two sports star, they run track or they're like a multi-positional athlete type of person. Cause yeah. I think like those type of guys, you can take a risk on, because maybe they haven't found their right place or had a ton of good coaching in the right place. Now you're going to put somebody like the guy that they got from North Shore that was, you know, punt returner, safety, and quarterback play because North Shore's quarterback went down with injury. Now he's going to be a safety. He's going to get just safety coaching, and yeah. he's going to get high-level safety coaching. And so he, like, becomes an even better player, right? So I think, you know, that's okay with me. I, I there's a few guys like I hope they get the kid from South Oak Cliff the the corner Starling they're in the battle with UTSA and Texas State for him I think like that that would be a major win for this staff um, but you know it's just it's refreshing to see them putting in the effort on social media putting in the effort out there with the coaches the the staffs um, schools players across the state of Texas like that's that's good to see and so. Yeah, I mean, so I, I think two things about it, right? Because I think it's easy to say, well, South Dakota staff didn't do this. It's not a one to one comparison. And I'm not by any means defending like South Dakota and staff, uh, like for anything. Like, well, they shouldn't have got fired. I don't mean that. What I mean is that we're going to the AAC this summer. And so I think it was always part of the plan to increase the budget for recruiting the staff, all the other stuff that we talked about. The Conference USA recruiting budget and all the other stuff. We were near the top, top whatever. Like it was relative to the peers, it was sufficient. 
And uh, if there was more available in the budget but not given to the staff, I think a lot of that was, hey, well, we don't know that you're going to do a great job with this money, right? So we want to be good stewards with our money, and we don't think that, I mean, you get paid the highest in the conference, and you're not winning conference championships, so I don't know if we want to say, well, let's give you more of the money, and then you're not going to win with that too. So I think there's some of that there. But going to the AAC, you have to compete with the rest of the AAC, and that means a bigger recruiting budget. That means more staff. That means more room. That means more everything. And I think this is always going to be available to the head coach of North Texas. But, yes, I do think it's great to see Eric Morris taking full advantage of that. And, uh, I mean, we we probably talk about it with some of the staff if we can get a hold of them. You know, like, what was it like pre and post? Um, but, yeah, I, I think your point about the two sports stars and stuff like that is, is a great one. Uh, I mean, consider old Patrick Mahomes, right? Everybody likes to say talk about him. He's obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the, in the league, in the NFL. Um, he was a two-sport guy. He played baseball. He played uh, football. He also split time with that dude, a uh, profile of him and his friend came out this week. And he wasn't highly recruited because they're like, well, he's gonna, he might play baseball, this kid. And he doesn't have a whole lot of numbers. You know, it wasn't like four years, you know, through for 5,000 yards a year. Uh, you know, he split time, you know, this and the other. So it wasn't as obvious that he was going to be Patrick Mahomes, you know, the guy we know now. So you don't want to stock your roster with a lot of those guys because some of those guys miss, right? For every Patrick Mahomes, there's another one that's like, well, you know, he was a great locker room guy, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, that's it. And he didn't he didn't really contribute, you know, at an all conference level and you know that's fine but everybody loves him and he's a good alum that kind of stuff that's fine you need those guys but you can't win championships with 100 of those guys right um yeah yeah so i I like what he's doing i think there's a lot of excitement around around the program with it i think uh you know i think do you think that charles rogers was recruited to be the starter or do you think he was told you're going to come in and have a chance to compete to be the starter? I think he was told he was going to be the starter. I I I don't see any other way that you land Rogers over maybe Cal and get him to cancel Indiana for a chance to be the starter. I, I think like it's one of those things like, hey, there's going to be maybe a competition, but you're you're the leader. You're going to be the leader of of this offense and going forward. Like I, I just like the proof is there in like his his highlights, right? In his videos that people have seen, right? He he fits what this offense is going to be, and he performed at a pretty good level at a just crappy school. Like you know <laughs> when he's, uh, I don't know if he had the chance to to watch the interview with him and the the Mean Green Show guy. So no. Like talking about how, you know, he's living off campus and he doesn't get, you know, meals provided to him because of that. He didn't like they didn't have a training staff. It was all like intern, like Mm -hmm. GA type of guys. Like, I mean, so I just he's overcome a lot. I I think he's going to be the guy. Yeah. And so I think even if he doesn't win the job, it's possible, right? He doesn't win a job. Um, I don't hate the current staff, quarterbacking staff, you know? Like, I think Grant Gunnell had a lot of talent, showed a lot of talent, showed a lot of things, threw for a lot of yards in high school, that kind of stuff. And, um, I mean, 
I, I, I still don't know what went on in the in the competition that that saw Ani win the job, but I thought Ani did a good job in spots, and I think if there's anything superior, that's obviously superior about this staff versus the old staff, is that there's some guys that played quarterback or played in the system or played wide receiver, basically played in the pass game that have a a more recent track record with the kind of success that we're looking to have here, you know? And I think that that gives me good feelings about it. Like, you know, I I think it's going to be Rodgers, but if it's not him, I don't think you should be concerned. I think it's good to bring in talent. It's like you look at look at Western Kentucky, right? They got Daigie in there, and then they got um um and they got what's his face uh Austin Reed, and Daigie lost the job, right? He was the name guy, and you're like, well, you know what happened? This this Division two guy won it, and that dude ends up leading the nation in passing, right? And then you know you you end up paying him like uh, hundreds of thousand dollars nil deal to stay. And you're you're kind of begging him to stay. Please, Austin Reed, don't go. You know, stay here a little bit longer. Uh, so things like that can happen, right? It could be the guy that you're like, yeah, I don't know about this guy. He's just a guy, right? But that guy becomes the guy. So you you never know. It's a competition, and competition will reveal the best. It's why you want it. you want you want to go against somebody with talent because um, you know that'll show what you have. Right? It raises your game a little bit. So that's what needs to happen. Yeah, look, if if Janelle beats out Rodgers, then I mean he's gonna do it in a way like that he deserves the job. Like I, I mean, you know, Ruder beat out Ani, but did he really beat out Ani or did he not beat out Ani? Like I think there was maybe some some question marks, at least in my mind, on that competition. But this one, like knowing or, or what we know about Eric Morris and the staff, like they understand quarterbacks better than the previous staff did. So like whoever comes out of that competition, I'm going to have some faith behind that decision. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's exactly it. It's like from Cam Ward at Washington state, who I thought did well in his first D one FBS year. Um, and he did very well at the FCS level and everybody that they found, right. You know, I, I think they, they're very good at identifying what, what a good quarterback is. Eric Morris played a uh, receiver. I think he has an idea of what a good quarterback is. Also, uh, depending on who's throwing him the ball, he's like, man, uh, I've seen guys that they can't throw the ball. And guys that can't, he's seen it. Uh, so I feel good about that. I, I, we haven't really written about like a lot of the stuff uh, that, th- that they've done in recruiting. But it's like offering guys, a lot of that stuff. A lot of it's just excitement. And um, you know, I think for the most part, the fans are excited I don't expect that it's going to happen this way every time uh, because I think going into next year, the early season signing period will be filled up quicker, right? Moore said he didn't want to he didn't want to do that this time. He could have, but he wanted to take his time and, and make sure they're building relationships and finding the right guys and all that other good stuff. I mean, the thing you say when you didn't get it done, right? Like, yeah, I know everybody's expecting it to do now, but I'm actually going to do it later. In reality, you want you want all the best guys signed early and not later, but whatever. But I'm glad that he he was smart about the circumstance, and then they're out there building a little name for themselves, and I like it. I mean, they they made some big name hires, and they have those guys showing their faces, taking pictures with a lot of high school coaches, and I I think that that has to be good. Greg's nodding his head. I was looking at lightning strikes, <laughs> and I think work just called me. So, ladies and gentlemen. 
I think we're going to end this this show right here. I had a few more things to say about recruiting, but, uh, you know what I'm saying, real life is calling. Um, Greg, is there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap this up? Uh, no, I mean, like, you know, we're about to Wednesday's February, and, I mean, we're heating up in college basketball. This is the the peak time that we're getting into conference races coming down to the wire. Like, you know, it's it's an exciting time. And and for me as, uh, you know, a college basketball fan and a North Texas fan, I just can't stress how much, like, it it means to me to be to be able to have a good basketball program like mm-hmm. we do and, and for them to perform at the level that they do. Yes, we're critical at times. We're, you know, I'm critical on Twitter and, and whatever, but, like, I'm appreciative of Graham McCaslin, the guys – the program that he's built and allowing us to be critical of them. Um, <laughs> and it's not like, you know, the, the coach that we will not name before. Um, it was really, I'm happy to see the students being there because I think that's going to drive the future of the program, right? Those people are going to become possibly season ticket holders to basketball down the stretch or down the line after they graduate and, and coming back. And so, Hopefully, you know, we'll get a new arena with them. So at the end of the day, you know, I'll wrap it up happy that we have a good basketball program and, and hopefully they're ready to go for the, the stretch run. Yeah, same. I echo all those statements. Um, we need a 5,000 people arena basketball squad because there was 4,000 people there. 4,000 people in a 5,000 uh, seat place looks like a packed house and gives it a different kind of atmosphere. I think that would be great. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're done. Gilman Green.